Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. Welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach. This is our April 2022 roundup of comics and such. And I'm joined by Angela, Matt and Will, collectively Angela, Matt and Will. (laughs) That's true. We are a collective. (laughs) We're a thruple. A quapple. I don't know. It feels like, are we the backing singers? Is it Zach Zach and the... Angela, ah, yeah. Matt and Will. Collectively. We, we're like the Blockheads. <laughs> Interesting that Ian Drury and the Blockheads is the we're, reference you're making. But we're right. the Stooges. I feel good about it, I'll be honest. I don't want to be Iggy, fuck that. <laughs> Just taking a twist very early on, hasn't that? Okay, okay, mm. we're, we're the Seasons of Frankie Valley. You're Cliff Richard no. and we're the Shadows. <laughs> Also not a Cliff Richard fan. This saw, is going for. I was taking and jury. Oh, if you thought I was trying to pick yeah. people you were a fan of, you're you're sorely mistaken. Oh yeah. right, <laughs> now this makes more more. You're you're talking sense. and we're the heads. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's if they were good. talking in the heads, that's a whole different <laughs> experience. <laughs> or you could be the and we'll be the. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, the next place I was going to go was Devon the O's, but... <laughs> oh, you could be me first, and we'll be the gimme gimme. Uh, so... <laughs> comic podcast. <laughs> For the yeah. next minute, at least. <laughs> um, how, how is everyone, I think, was the question on the table. Yeah, I'm very good. Cheers, ma'am. Yeah, yeah I'm... Feeling like I have an identity crisis about my backing singer status, but I'm fine otherwise. Yeah, what would your choice be? I don't know. Come back to me. I'll have yeah, a, a Sherelle. I don't know. I quite like um, the shadows. The shadows, yeah. I'm yeah. struggling to think of more like backing bands off the top of my head. I believe Dylan had the band. Yeah. Um, Neil Young had Crazy Horse. Mm. Uh, was it? Was Buddy Holly the Cricket? Yes. Yeah. That's good. Like who that. was it who had the comets? Bill Haley. Bill Haley. Yeah. And Herman well. had his hermits. Yeah, indeed. My, um, dad, my dad played in a, sorry, this is totally off topic, but my dad played, played in a hermit, tribute band. Uh, like a like a sort of web, a wedding band called Dip Dazzle and the Indicators. Oh, that's pretty good. That's just that's a corker, good. isn't it? It's a shame um, it's taken because that is an absolute beast. That's really good. So we're renaming yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I had a um, college gig years ago where a guy called Rick, um, without realising what was happening, got introduced as Rick and the Rickets. That's um, I'm still not sure he understood what the joke was. <laughs> but <laughs> Rick and his Rickets. Uh, that might be better. Uh, but yeah, right, no, I think... I've, I've been good. I've had like two weeks of LARP in a row, so that's, I'm, I'm not broken. <laughs> if you're wondering which one of us is the biggest nerd, I think now. 
your hand. So, yeah. what did you? What's your? Do you consistently lap as the same thing, or are you, do you have like a, a palette? They're different systems, so it's right. like different characters and stuff, different settings. Are there um, any I, rules to stop you having a crossover character? I mean, I mean, technically no. I suppose I could play the same character in different settings. I think I found what's going to get me into LARP. <laughs> oh, shit. When you're like post-apocalyptic, uh, like android soldier from the future versus like orcs. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I ain't broken. You into yeah. it now. Uh, maybe that should be a, a, a more open, like, role-playing thing, you know. Just cr- constantly cross over nightmarish characters that don't work. <laughs> Eventually <laughs> you'll hit gold. We already do this podcast, Zach. I think they get enough nightmarish <laughs> characters. Uh, oh, dear. I like to think we all bring our own special nightmares to the table, though. <laughs> <laughs> our own personal yeah. demons. Um, speaking of nightmares, Angela, I believe yeah. you've got some comic book speaking news. Speaking of nightmares, no I know. Actual comic book news on a comic book podcast. So this came out, it may have been last week. Let me just check the date of this article. April the 14th. So, you know, we're within a fortnight limit, so I figure it's still kind of news. And it was broken by deadline of all people. Um, so IDW is doing nine new original comic book projects. Um, and they're gonna start in July. So it's I can't remember, it's got a it's got a fancy hashtag, um, which you can probably find on Twitter. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's like IDW originals, I think. Hashtag. Um so they're they're various things. I think the idea is that IDW Entertainment Group are also, and why do people not learn? Um, looking at adapting them for film, television, and other mediums, they have had Hooray. some. Yeah, they have had some success in the past with Lock and Key and We Own Rep and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so the, the the creators they've got they've got quite a lineup. They've got um, Dark Space's Wildfire, a thriller series written by um, Scott Snyder with art by Hayden Sherman. About female inmate firefighters deep in the California hills. Yeah, where their desperate heist of a burning mansion will lead them to the score of a lifetime or a deadly trap. Oh, no, that's Not that's com- cool. Heisting of burning mansions. Heisting just... and burning mansions. Uh, True Kvilt... I have pronounced that badly. Um, That's a five-issue series written by Scott Bryant-Wilson with art by Liana Kangas, which is about Marty Tarantella, a down-on-his-luck loser whose last-ditch scheme to escape a lifetime of fast food service sets him on a collision course with a cult of violent devil-worshipping lunatics. As you do. Wait, what was this called? True Kvilt. I have this. I have True Kvilt. This was real. This is... This is the yes. Kickstarter. I, I have this. Ah, there you go. Well, IDW have poached it from the Kickstarter and are now publishing it. I, I was really sure that was going to go Black Mask because everyone involved has previously worked for Black Mask. Yeah, and it's, well, it looks like a Black Mask book. And, it well, sounds, cool. yeah. There you go. Then you've got Crashing, which is a five issue miniseries by Matthew Klein, 
with Morgan Bean aired on art opens it opens the doors of an emergency room filled with the casualties of a su- superhuman war where Rose Osler, a doctor on her own path of addiction and recovery, faces the most dangerous day of her medical career. That could be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Earth Divers is an ongoing by Stephen Graham Jones with art by David Gionfelice, which is about four indigenous survivors in an apocalyptic near future as they embark on a one-way mission to save the world by traveling back in time to kill Christopher Columbus and prevent the foundation of America. Uh, Dead Seas, uh, which is a six-issue miniseries written by Kavan Scott with art by Nick Brokenshire. Uh, it transforms a cynical convict into a reluctant hero when he's trapped on a sinking prison ship swarming with ghosts. Can he unite criminals, pirates and guards to escape a watery grave? Uh, Golgotha Motor Mountain, five-issue miniseries by Matthew Ehrman and Lonnie, Lonnie Nadler with art by Ryan Lee. Uh, a redneck motor massacre about two meth-cooking brothers and their attempt to make it home in one piece uh, as cosmic alien horrors are hot on their trail. Interesting mix. Uh, Arca, uh, which is a graphic novel by Van Jensen with art by Jesse Longeron, uh, leaves the dying earth behind. Billionaires establish a luxury new society out among the stars tended to by teenage indentured servants, but one girl discovers the good life promised for their servitude was a lie. Uh, the Sin Bin, six-issue miniseries by Robbie Thompson with art by Molly Murakami. Uh, it's about a washed-up hockey player, Dale Dukes Dukenesque, who moonlights as a monster hunter during away games with his daughter in tow, hoping to find her mother's killer. And finally, The Hunger in the Dusk, a 12-issue series by G. Willow Wilson with art by Chris Wildgoose, uh, upends an age-old conflict between humans and orcs by introducing a new and deadlier species. There you go. So there's... There's a whole, there's something for everyone there. It is a real mix of like different yeah. genres and different lengths as well, ongoings and some limited. Yeah. Mm. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I think this is a response to losing um, G.I. Joe and they're losing Transformers as well. I think that's, I don't yeah. know if that's confirmed, but that was the rumor that I heard. And did did they lose Star Wars or was that going? So I can't remember what was happening Star with that Wars one. Is, is that Marvel? I think they've lost the, yeah. um, uh, the the kind of Marvel action and the Star Wars action. Is that what they're called? Something they're like, like all that. ages books that they did. Yeah, the all ages lost yeah. them yeah. as well. Is it adventures rather than actions? Yeah, adventures. adventures sounds, that's yeah, it, yeah. That sounds more child friendly. <laughs> <laughs> action. Watch Spider Man as he beats this criminal to a pulp in an alleyway. Um. Yeah, so it sounds like they're trying to position themselves more towards images kind of model because they've lost their licenses then. Yeah, I mean, they've still got turtles. And that's all they've ever needed. That's all they've ever needed. I guess they, they still do Sonic. That's probably still, uh, that's pretty popular, right? Yeah, I think, I think so, yeah. I, I think, think they, they did they a hardback Sonic, last year. But Sonic's in a weird place with regards to like they're basically not allowed to do the stuff that they want to do with it anymore after some uh, renegotiations with Sega uh, following the Mega Man crossover they did a few years ago did they make them kiss and they weren't happy about it (laughs) hedgehog kisses robot yeah (laughs) 
All right. Well, I mean, it seems like pretty good news. Um, yeah. Some interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I th- I'm pretty interested in a lot of that, I think. Um, yeah, IDW, if, if you're out there and you're listening. <laughs> Miss yeah. Right, EW. Send us some books. <laughs> yeah, we will happily review them. There are some creators there we really like, so it would be it would be good. Mm. But which ones? How would you find out? <laughs> well, yeah. over at biggerthancapes.com. Yeah. Oh, man. I, that, was, that was pretty slick. I'm quite impressed. I can find a way to work the coffee plug in as well <laughs> somewhere along the lines. <laughs> I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this being our monthly roundup, and we've got quite a lot to talk about, should we start rounding up the month? Probably should. Oh, probably. So, Angela, would you like to get us started? I will. So I will start us with GILT, which is an ac- acronym. Yes. Um, it is published by Ahoy Comics. It is written by Alyssa Quitney. The artist is Morissette and the letterer is Rob Steen. And guilt involves um, time travel, but also not. Um, so guilt stands for the Guild of Independent Lady Temporologists, uh, which is why it's an acronym. So the characters here, so we meet... Um, Hildy Winters and her friends Vera and Paulette back in the 1970s Um, and Hildy's about to marry a guy Um, and then we kind of fast forward to 2017 where a woman called Trista left we'll call her Trista Um, she's coming to be like the home help for Hildy Um, and she comes into this apartment and finds her a very strange weird old lady Um, and chaos ensues. No, um, basically, yeah, it, it's quite difficult. I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to, like, give you the plot. But essentially, um, Hilde's a time traveller who's obviously trying to fix something that happened in 1973 when it looks like she was going to get married. Um, and Trista is along for the ride. Um, but there's all kinds, of, it's a bit twisty turny. Trista actually met her in 1973, but she didn't know she'd met her in 1973. Um, and yeah, it kind of ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. We we finally get at the end, we get to the point where they have travelled in time. But it's a whole issue of sort of introducing the characters before then. So I was completely confused because we went from 73 to the present day and it did take me to the end to kind of oh yeah i see what you're doing now it's 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 good it's fine i enjoyed it it has it's you know it's a female writer it's female characters um there is a bit of humor there's some nice pop culture reference rosemary's baby gets referenced about the creepy apartment which is always a plus um so yeah there's some nice references hildy's kind of interesting she's sort of a weird bitter strange lady um trista's sort of you know she's a nice girl um clearly cares about uh, her job um but also finds herself stuck with this woman who you know is trying to fix the past and also stabs her in the foot um because in order to travel um you need to sort of give it a sacrifice of nice shoes it's all very, it's it's kind of magical time travel as opposed to your scientific time travel. And there are rules which clearly have been broken. Um, so good luck with that. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. 
I can't really, I don't know what else to say. Someone else say something. So, uh, I, it, it is an interesting one. I, I, I agree. I think it kind of does time travel in a way we don't see outside of like, I don't know, like Doctor Doom, Morgana Le Fay doing the kind of magic time traveling. Um, I like it, but I, I'm kind of struggling to to explain why to myself, let alone anyone else. Yeah. Um, there's some aspects of the art I really like. Um, we kind of see at the start of the issue when we're in nineteen in the 1970s, and then at the end, the kind of leaves linking panels together. Yeah. Um, which is a really nice and kind of gives it a sense of movement and dynamic between panels, which I thought was cool. Um, I think all the things I'm about to say are about art, so strap in. Uh, I also like that Hildy has a kind of infinity belt buckle and a little hourglass necklace um, in the character design and like clothing design, which feels like a nice detail. Um, and then kind of got hung up on how much this looks like a book from a hoy. Like, yeah. I feel like they've got a very set art style of kind of classic comics, but modern, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, talking of the art for just a second and the clothing, like with the belt buckle and stuff, am I the only one who loved her wedding outfit? Oh, it's a good outfit. Yeah. I just, I, I just wanted to say, I was like, oh, that's dope. Something I, I don't normally sort of notice or pick out but actually I thought just all of the clothes in this were they felt like well thought out yeah yeah everybody looked kind of right in 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 what they were wearing yeah there was a good mix of fashion forward and then comfy Mm. (laughs) yeah I, I, I quite like this um as you say I think it does time travel in a way that is different to the usual fare. Um, I kind of like the mechanics of that. And uh, again, uh, same as Angela, I don't want to give too much away, but that that you sort of, we've seen very little of it, but it appears that you don't travel back in time as you are. You inhabit yourself as you were Mm. in, in that time. And I think that's, that could have some pretty interesting aspects to it. I think just the script is quite good. Like I think the kind of patter between them and the the pace of it, I think that it, it moves at a good, you know, sort of good um, a good speed. And I think um, I've got all the names here, but uh, Trista, I think she's just sort of weirdly likable and it's yeah. kind of a bit of a fuck up, yeah. but you know, really relatable in that way or already in trouble with her boss like mm. um struggling to keep hold of her job and uh yeah i just uh, i didn't absolutely love it but um i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good yeah i think the other thing that i wanted to say is what i like as well is these female characters aren't drawn as like conventionally attractive like they look yeah. like yeah. real people because so often when there's sort of a female characters involved, they're made to look, you know, all pretty and nice and all the rest of it. But yeah, they just look normal. Hooray. Yeah. Hmm. 
definitely. Like, they're allowed to just be people and be, like, to wear clothing that, like I say, could can just be described as, hey, that looks comfy as shit. Um, like, and, 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 like, you know, just be people and be, like, a bit sort of frumpy almost like you know Mm. like to be to be comfortable and like old or just normal and not be kind of putting on all that effort and yeah like the 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 patter is yeah like you were saying will just something i i very much enjoyed and um is clever and fun without necessarily being too overwritten which can sometimes be a bit of a trap yeah I agree. I think there are some good little bits in the sort of exposition um, through the script, which I think is good. It limits having lots of narration boxes or like outwardly explaining things to you. But I think you get across like everybody's personality and situation and and everything like that all gets done through the through the script. And uh, yeah, I think it just has a really good flow. I've not read, I don't think, many Ahoy comics. I kind of get the, what you mean about it having um, a sort of... A, 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 house like a, style. A house style, exactly that. But mm. um, I haven't read enough for it to become like annoying yet. So <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't an issue for me. I don't think it's annoying. I think it's just... It's like when you realise that Valiant tends to keep everything looking in a similar style. Yeah. Um, Maybe there's some outliers. I haven't read a lot of Ahoy. I've read this. I've read um, The Wrong Earth, Dragonfly Man, uh, Second Coming. A few different things. Ashenthorn. Is Ashenthorn a comic? If so, I've read that. Yeah. Uh, if not, I haven't. <laughs> um, then you should go and write it. <laughs> I'm just making a note that I'm going to write that. Um yeah. Copyright. If, if it's not written, if it is, then we apologise unreservedly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Something else about the art, like her ashtray full of cigarette stubs. Mm. <laughs> I just really like that. Just like, yeah. yeah, she's, and we see she's a chain smoker in the seventies, and it's like, yeah, still a chain smoker today. Also, like the, the cats. We've not mentioned the cats. There are cats, and they're good. Cats are very well drawn. <laughs> Um, I like that all of her decor is all 70s. Like she even has a typewriter and novelty lights and mm. like G plan office chairs and yeah. clearly like stuck stuck in a decade, uh, both literally and you know the other one. <laughs> well said, Will. Yeah, <laughs> just ran out of steam. There is all kinds of detail, like there's a whole thing where it's like there's a pile of files with a post-it on saying, do not marry the man. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just nice. There's also, and then there's the joy of sex on the table as well. Mm. I think setting up that mystery of why it's important and why meeting her as a little girl and having the yo-yo apparently is mm. important yeah. to, to Hildy in some way. Yeah. I think that's the sort of underlying mystery, isn't it? Of what's going to carry carry the rest of it, I guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Um, 
Should uh, we do? So I believe it's me next. Mm. Uh, with uh, another uh, Ahoy comic um, called The Wrong Earth, colon, Fame and Fortune. <laughs> so this is part of the Wrong Earth slash Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man series. It's another spin-off of however many, is it two or three spin-offs we've had in like prequels now so we've had the main series Mm -hmm. the wrong earth we've had dragonfly and dragonfly man the spin-off then there's been a third one that i can't remember the name of and now this is the second of the one shots um so uh in this instance (laughs) some comics some comics in this instance it's being written uh by mark russell with art by michael montanant and colours by Andy Troy and letters by Rob Steen. There's also a uh, prose insert by David Hyde with illustrations uh, by Marco Finnegan. So the the two main stories in this are Mark Russell, and in one of them in particular, boy, do you feel that this is a Mark Russell comic. (laughs) Um, And that's something that I really like. Uh, it's a short story about um, rich fame, the alter ego of Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man on both like the Dark Knight Returns uh, and the Adam West Earth, <laughs> Alpha and Omega. Trying to build a football stadium in their version of Fortune City and how they both kind of hit the same problems and ostensibly find almost the same solutions uh, to them reaching the same cataclysmic endpoint. I really liked this uh, <laughs> this wow. book. Um, so, like, it's basically a critique of. Um, of like of capitalism and pointing out how there is no difference uh, between a quote-unquote good billionaire and a bad billionaire and the kind of tendency to use civic funding towards these sorts of like money pit like boondoggles rather than investing in civic infrastructure and under the idea that eventually it pays yourself turning uh, turning it into sort of like long shot sort of attempts arguing that it'll bring investment back in that it'll bring jobs and stuff when really it's just corrupt and yeah it's it's really funny as well like seeing the the contrasting things like seeing them both resolve union disputes and um my favorite thing about the union disputes um is who the uh who the earth omega uh like dark knight uh version of the union leader uh looks like which is the pro wrestler taz um <laughs> like when i should whenever, whenever whenever he appeared in a panel my brain just immediately had jim ross saying it's taz um <laughs> And I was dying inside. 
Um, but yeah, it's a genuinely like really solid dissection of the idea that it's possible like it's possible to have like moral like moral billionaires directing um like that directing public policy and directing civic funds and stuff like and the second story is a much more kind of like quick sort of simple fun look at a kind of day in the life of uh dragonfly man's uh sidekick stinger aka chip as he goes on a museum trip with his with his school and experiences the wonders of the body system and also describes his encounter with the villainous sax mummy um a a, mummy for life a mummy playing a saxophone and wearing a cool <laughs> hat and jacket and wearing a cool hat and jacket <laughs> One of my notes for this was just sex, mummy, all caps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this may come as a surprise to you all, but I pretty much just agree with Matt. Um, shock. I think, Shocking. Yeah, shock horror. I think this is probably kind of the bleakest representation of Dragonfly drag, slash Dragonfly Man so yeah. far. Like I think in the in the usual series, the alpha west style dragonfly um off the top of my head i've forgotten which is which dragonfly man is dragonfly thank you dragonfly man it's it's hinted at that he kind of maintains the status quo but in the main series he seems more oblivious to it like he's doing it because it just you know in a cartoon world it's the right thing to do is to save the bank manager as we're in this even though it is the kind of the, the the more naive, brighter world, he's still a real bastard, and um, it, yeah, it portrays both both sides as as Matt said. Like, there's no good billionaire. If you portray yourself as a philanthropist or as a, a tyrant, yeah, they both the, they both end up. Bad. The only difference is that the dragon that dragonfly is more honest. Yeah, he's basically just straight up about it. Um, and it feels it feels like what you're told politically you know let's do this thing because of all of these benefits but it feels like there are you know but uh, behind closed doors they're more like earth omega than mm. <laughs> than earth alpha um yeah and i thought it was really good and again not surprising that the the bleak one did it for me i think the backup story is pretty fun but the the main the main story is the 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 reason to get this comic for me. See, I I liked it in terms of <laughs> there are no good billionaires. It's true, and also I liked the plan where it's got like you know foam stuff, oh, more yeah. crap, uh, eight dollar hot dogs, overpriced T-shirts. I thought that was the a IP nice touch. Women. Yeah. Um, the thing, I didn't love it purely because I'm like, this is very close to the bone. This is real life. This is how the world works. And I hate the way the world works. Yeah. And I'm just feeling down about billionaires in general. Elon Musk. So <laughs> sort, of, sort of did not approach me in a time where I was receptive. So I completely agree with the message. And I think it's really well done in the way that 
the two stories are sort of interlaced on each page. You know, you get the alpha stuff and the omega stuff and the fact that even, you know, good billionaires are bad billionaires. Um, but, yeah, I just want a bit of escapism away from the crap of billionaires currently. So that's that's where I am. It's good. It's well made, but but much like Animal sucks. Castle, it's not for you right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Quite fair. I, th- I think I land somewhere on this between the Angela and the Will and Matt camp. Um, I, I really like the way the main story plays out and the kind of way we see every event unfold exactly the same in each world with just slightly different dialogue and you know a slightly evil twist heads. yeah mm. um controversially i i think i might like the backup more than the main story though i yeah that's just because of sax mummy sax mummy <laughs> helps and i've also there's the kind of closing dialogue from um Dragonfly man, the we don't end up in hell. We're already there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say the bit where he just yells, "The buddy system is dissolved." Also, <laughs> I, I feel like the buddy system is ultimately, despite the Dragonfly man closing dialogue, is more light-hearted and kind yeah. of gets away yeah. with some of the stuff we would have normally seen in the kind of Earth alpha side of the story that we don't see in fame and fortune so i think it kind of balances that tone i I agree with what will said that the version of dragonfly man we see here is a little bit more i don't want to say yeah a, a little bit more a little bit closer to the omega version than we saw in the wrong earth so i think the backup story then kind of allows stinger to change that tone a little bit more and maintain the kind of traditional i say traditional based on five issues wronger (laughs) dynamic between the two sides yeah now that i think that that makes sense yeah i i I agree yes Hmm. i can see that splendid i thought the like the broadly the art was sort of solid throughout yeah Mm. I didn't absolutely kind of love any part of it, but it was, you know, I think as you say, that split between the two worlds is quite a quite a cool technique. Um, mm. Yeah, it was good. So. I think the split benefits as well when things kind of start to go wrong in both worlds, that it becomes increasingly unclear which world is which. Yeah, indeed, it's a yeah. good way of playing with it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because there's a different like. There's a diff- a slightly different like color palette mm. um, for each of like there's a lot more like the Earth Alpha is a lot more blues and Earth Omega is a lot more reds. Yeah. Um, so like you're never unsure. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, who's up next? I am up next. I yes. think. Uh, I'm, yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to be introducing West of Sundown number one from Vaults. It is written by Tim Seeley and Aaron Campbell. It is drawn by Jim Terry. It is coloured by Triona Farrell. 
and it is lettered by Crank. <laughs> uh, I feel like we don't sell the exclamation mark enough on that, and apparently I'm going to now. Um, so West of Sundown is... kind of odd to explain i guess it basically tells the story of a civil war soldier in 1861 who's burying bodies and then one of the graves you know starts ringing as as you yeah. do and he, he <laughs> i mean <laughs> it was a thing people yeah. were yeah. so yeah, yeah. so worried about being buried alive and rightly so, according oh, yeah. to this book. Oh, yeah, and like yeah, the yeah. amount of, of mistakes in diagnosing people as being dead. I mean, I, I, I think I'm 1861, I'm getting buried alive. I, I think that's... Uh... <laughs> oh, an eight, 1861 buried alive match. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a sport. Um, our, our soldier, let, let's call him Dooley O'Shaughnessy, because that's his name. <laughs> Um, (laughs) digs himself up a vampire as one does in the civil war um yeah that old chestnut yeah classic um who introduces herself as constance de abend that is bad accenting from zach i am aware to arbend to arbend yeah basically constance of the night is yeah. how you would translate it from the yeah. German, I believe. So, Constance de Arbund, potentially. I'm, I don't know if I've said that three different ways now. Of, of the evening. Yeah. I feel like you're arguing semantics now about German. Yeah, but... she's, she's, he, yeah. I'll give it to Matt. They both, they both work. i the tiny bit of German that I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fly de mouse. I didn't even Lader say that right. Right, we're interrupting Zach. Continue, Zach. Um, I have a feeling very interrupted. Okay, so um, the ring cycle. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, then we fast forward 10 years to where Constance and Dooley are kind of occupying. New York. That sounds wrong. Now they're in New York now. It's ten years much, later. Much like the Muppets, they have taken Manhattan. Muppets, Jason, Constance, and Dooley. Yeah, classic <laughs> progression. Um, they're in New York, and they've kind of set up a great system where Dooley picks out the people who deserve a bit of a bite in, and then um, yeah, Const- Constance does some biting, and they're just you know killing off bad people. Fair play, I say. Um, then their house gets burnt down, and for because of such things, Constance has to be rushed back to um, her homeland, which I don't know about everybody else. I, I was thinking it could be Germany. Yeah. However, instead, it's just Los Angeles. Well, it's where she was turned. Yes, yeah. I guess that's the, the fine line here is, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but I was expecting we were going to get like a boat ride to Europe, kind of a reverse Dracula kind of deal. Yeah, yeah sort of. Um, to, That's what yeah. I thought at first, but yeah. It, instead, it's a, an apparently a three-month boat ride from New York to LA, which seems she just got a plane. Believable, actually. If what? You like that, some of the inland routes weren't available yet. True. 
But you um, can't sail all around. I'm assuming, yeah. I mean, did they go north around Canada? That's what did I... Did they go that way? It'll be like I a... Many questions. I assume she just went down to, like, Mexico and hopped off there, walk up. <laughs> jump off one boat, walk across, jump on another. Oh, hang another. on, there's a map! There's Mexico's a map. not that wide, you can just... There's a map! There's a page with a map on it showing where they go. Oh, yeah. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah you're I'm pretty sure right. I'm smart enough to realise that. Round the, round oh, yeah, the yeah. Out, literally, they go down past Mexico, around South America, down the bottom of South America, and then up. Do you know? Do you know who's very smart? Me. It's us. We're all very <laughs> smart. <laughs> so she yeah. doesn't get off in Mexico and walk up. No, but she gets off in. Is that Chile? Is she in Chile? Then she walk up from Chile. This is very unclear. I thought they were going to Los Angeles. <laughs> According to this map, she says it's a ninety-day journey that's... to Los Angeles, and then she goes to Chile. That's yeah. Chile or Peru. Peru, yeah, it could be Peru, but yeah, basically, yeah. Anyway, geog- yeah. Ge- geography and um, ocean travel clearly not within our wheelhouse. <laughs> um, Constance and Dooley get to where they're going, and basically. That's where this issue ends with them traveling quite a lot under the impression that they're being hunted by vampire hunters, I guess, is the yeah. the brand of hunter you normally get hunting vampires. I, um, I did pop when you got the final page reveal. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to give it away, but as a last page reveal, it's, mm. it's, pretty it's a shock. Cool. It's a surprising one. Um, I kind of went back and forth on this. I I'm a big Tim Seeley fan. I don't know if that's been mentioned previously yeah. on the podcast at all. Um, so I tend to be into most of, of what he does, especially, um, especially the you know weird, weird horror, weird sci-fi is yeah kind of his strengths and kind of what I am also into. So that works here. I don't know. It it's kind of a different take on the on a vampire story because it's not just hey you've dug me up I'm gonna bite you. It's more <laughs> I, I think there's more thought put into it than just vampire doing vampire stuff. Yeah. Um. And I don't know. It, it, it's interesting that she was trying to like sleep out the civil war and yes. Um. There's little details that kind of make this more interesting than the main story so far, I think. I think it feels like a very establishing first issue. But I think the story being told has potential to get really interesting really fast. We're also told that she's like, that Constance is like the second best vampire behind Dracula, which seems relatively high on the pecking order. In in terms of the Vampire League, she's right up there. Oh yeah, she's at the top of the league, clearly. I mean, yeah, top I mean Dracula's two. top, but you know she's you know she's clearly above the playoffs. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's automatic yeah, probation. She's second be, Angela. I don't know why any of these words. It's a real good second. grasp of sport there. <laughs> sport references. Yeah, she's second seed in in everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyone got any words they'd like to say? Um, yeah, am I the only one who ever gets to- Tim Seeley and Tom Seoli mixed up? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because I was, I like, <laughs> just, I, I was just thinking about 
um, G.I. Joe versus Transformers um, and uh, American Barbarian. And I was going, ha, 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 two tank Carmoon, uh, who is a giant mummy who has tanks for feet. Um, but yeah, sorry. Um, so this book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I really quite enjoyed this. I mean, admittedly, like, I decided how much I liked it with the final page reveal, uh, because the final page reveal really kind of set the tone that I expect going forward. Yeah. Um, and kind of gave a potential 19th century gothic literature smackdown. Um, like potential feel to the to the rest of the book like i was and i find that kind of a kind of exciting and fun in a sort of league of extraordinary gentlemen sort of way um up, up until that point i really enjoyed it and i think that the i i i think the arts are pretty wonderful um the like the, the the main cover um of the kind of like movie poster uh washed out kind of colors um sort of is 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 great and like i like constance's um design throughout as it kind of changes through the series is yeah, is like my favorite thing in this book because we see kind of the like how how she always has cut like motifs to everything she wears um whilst still sort of changing mm. um like there's yeah whether it be colors or sort of like little bits of like lace and stuff in specific places there's some there's little bits um always there that i that, that i like that are like good sort of color theory type stuff um i like i say i think i'm more excited for where it's going than for where it gets to almost in this issue but i quite enjoyed it mm. i liked it before the reveal at the end i was just enjoying the fact you've got a vampire who's going around killing evildoers yeah i just like that concept I... and I... Dooley's kind of interesting as well because He's, you know, he's fallen in with a vampire, as you do. But he seems to have this, like, moral code. Um, but he obviously, you know, he, he's very um, he's very attached to Constance because um, he rushes into a burning building to help, you know, drag her out of there. And then he sits on a coffin all the way. And he very nearly kills a man for her, but then he decides no. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I really liked, I like, you know, I'm. I like things with vampires in, and this mm. is a good thing with a vampire in, and therefore, 
I enjoyed it. I especially liked the bit where she's doing the singing. Yes. Um, and you've got that in the middle, and then surrounding it, you've got the fact that she's murdered um, a bad man, and they're going to use lie to just get rid of the body completely. <laughs> I appreciate how, like, about Dooley, how he's like a he's he's a Renfield, mm. ostensibly, who has a degree of actual control in the relationship. Um, like, yeah. it mm. actually seems like a consensual and, like, all, almost equal partnership. Mm. Yeah. And I think she sees it more like that as well. He's not just, like, her servant. So, well, he is, but yeah. also, it, it's, it's not that, you know, she doesn't treat yeah. him there's, dirt. there's the question I mean she highly values dirt as we find out uh, in this series but no uh, there's the question of how consensual that sort of relationship can really be when, with such a power differential but it's still really interesting like it's that's the thing I enjoy the exploration of more than the like so playing this partially on my history with the vampire the masquerade um, role-playing game uh, and stuff like the various Ball of Darkness type things, the kind of vampire who kills bad people thing isn't necessarily anything that I haven't mm. seen explored to like vampire as kind of superhero vigilante kind of thing isn't something I, 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 I've, I haven't seen a lot of, but I really like their relationship and I want to see that explored. Like I say, like I, I, I'm a bit quick to say like that it was the last page that really sold me on it. But what I mean by that is that set a tone that I want like, of, for me to know what to expect going forward, I think, rather than selling me on it. Because that I want to see that relationship explored. And I want to see how the pressure that they're under affects it and whether whether it can withstand that all right i'm going to be the slightly dissenting voice um, <laughs> to the surprise of no one i did like the art uh, i agree there i think the color's really really nice uh, in the art um there's kind of a sunsetty bit towards the end where it's just like Looks like just red crayon, just like scribbled on the back, but it's really effective. Yeah. Um, I also agree that the front cover is great. This is a comic that I might have just bought for the cover. I think that uh, almost like movie poster um, inclines and yeah, it's really great. Um, <laughs> but as you know, um vampires are not not generally my thing and for it to catch on for me i think i need it to be a pretty i don't know pretty original or pretty um side on view of of kind of vampires and stuff um and this it, it just sort of wasn't that i think it's relatively traditional kind of vampire um in its setting and in its kind of mythos with as as matt said with the dirt um 
and yeah, I, it's clearly like good. I just it just does nothing for me. Uh, so it's quite hard to talk about because there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it, but um, I just don't just don't get anything from it. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's because so, I don't want to. I don't want to really criticize it. I say it's a really nice looking book, but. I don't know. I, I grew I grew up in a time when vampires were just just constant. Yeah. It was everything, and I was sick of it. And it's like um, those little seafood, you know, the little seafood sticks. They're mm. nice until you've had thirty of them in a row. <laughs> then you never want to see one again. And that's how I feel about vampires. I thought we grew up at the same time. What? what? How is your life so different from mine? I mean, a little bit older, not much, but a little. Yeah, I'm not sure how you missed it. (laughs) Basically, all of the 2000s was just fucking wall to wall vampire. I know, you know, Queen of the Damned. Were you not? (laughs) Yeah. 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 The greatest vampire film of a generation. The Underworld franchise. Twilight. I mean, I can go back. But all all of this, all of these vampire uh, franchises and films were worth it. Even the worst ones, like say, say like Ultraviolet, um, were worth it. I forgot about Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. The original series of Ultraviolet was good, and I will not hear anything else from that. The film, but the series they did was good. But so the all of it was worth it just for blade like with wesley snipes saying some motherfuckers always gotta try to fly skate uphill um Ladies that makes everything worth it yeah. but even they went downhill after the first one what about that one where willem dafoe and um ethan hawker vampires you had to be into that right i mean that rings no bells but <laughs> <Is> that nice? <laughs> I want to say that was Daybreakers. Daybreakers, Daybreakers is good. I think I'm Daybreakers is a good high concept. It's yes. good. It's good. Mm. And Willem Dafoe is great. Like I, I watched, in general. I rewatched. I rewatched that, Streets I of Fire uh, recently, and seeing Willem Dafoe in like a PVC romper walking <laughs> out of a blazing, uh, walking out like of a blazing building, looking like Satan himself. <laughs> See, uh, I, I just watched that one scene from Spider-Man 2 of him going, Avenge, Avenge me! me. <laughs> yes. Just that on the loop. <laughs> Got a friend who claims he was, that Defoe was snubbed for an Oscar because he should have got it for that. <laughs> of all of his roles, that is definitely the one that he that should his, be. Yeah. The highest accolade should go for the Green Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else is fine, but come on, that's the highlight. Yeah. True. It's the reason a generation likes him so much. This this generation, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. can see us all right now. Um, I think it's Will's turn to talk oh, yeah. about a comic. That's right. It is, okay. yeah. Or Willem the, Dafoe, which, you know. The is comic he in I've this comic? is Willem Ever After. <laughs> <laughs> no, the comic, the comic I'm introducing is Alice Ever After from Boom Studios. It is created and written by Dan Panosian. It's illustrated by Giorgio Spalletta and Dan Panosian. It's coloured by Fabiana Mascolo and it's lettered by Jeff Eckleberry. Um, 
it is sort of the story of a grown-up Alice from Alice in Wonderland um, living a somewhat kind of delinquent lifestyle despite being the daughter of um, some very in a wealthy family um, and sort of sets up the fact that Wonderland um, was and always has been a uh, drug-induced hallucination fire sorry i was i was posting that because i put the picture of willem defoe in streets of fire in the chat so i had to play a fire gift and i was trying to get a devil just as well <laughs> i don't want to de derail it but just every time you say it i have this brief flash of an alternate reality where willem defoe's in a streets of rage film oh. there's all that's all shot in 2d it's just willem defoe walking left to right for the entire film <laughs> Yeah, well, no, Willem <laughs> Dafoe is clearly Mr. X. Uh, he's yeah. clearly the baddie. That's true. I, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, but, but, Alice Ever After, um, I didn't really get on with this. Um, I, I quite like the, the concept, this idea of the sort of, like, after the fairy tale, the children have grown up and how their lives have been affected by it or whether they are still affected by it. But I found this to be really wordy and quite slow. And um, it spent a lot of time kind of in the real world. Maybe maybe it's a necessity to set up everything else for later on. But I didn't feel a big pull by the end of this to keep reading. I don't think I really liked Alice as a character. I didn't really feel any need to root for her um, or anybody in her family. Um, Earl, Pow Earl Proud seems like, and his his niece Chloe probably seem like uh, the the nicest people that we meet. And I'm not sure Chloe says anything. That's nice of her not to say anything. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I just um, I, I kind of I think I wanted to like this one and uh, bounced off it a bit. Mm. Same. Um. I thought it was a really interesting concept. Turns out Alice is just a druggie. <laughs> that's, that's basically how it goes. I think that's the problem, is no one in this is particularly likeable at all, apart from the silent niece and Earl Proud, who seems like a nice chap who belongs in a better book. Um, yeah, and it's such a confusing concept because it does basically sort of give you the, you know, Alice is a drug addict. But there are cats. Mm -hmm. So so that's the thing. It's narrated by cats, which is always a bonus. But when a cat's called Kitty, I think that's not really a very imaginative name, is it? Um, <laughs> Snowdrop, fine. But, you know, a cat. To be fair, my nan had a cat called Cat Cat. So there you are. But Kitty. Nailed yeah. I mean, you can't get any more basic. So, yeah, I think. And it was also confusing. Like, is Wonderland real or is it just drugs? And is Alice actually just living in her own little drug-induced hallucination? Did she was she given drugs as a child? It does say that. Yeah, yeah, she was given drugs as a child, and so she just escapes into the drugs. And there's some interesting concepts there, but it's like I don't know. I always found Alice in Wonderland a weird book as a kid. The Disney film isn't great. There's no Cheshire Cat in this. Um. But yeah, it just seems like an interesting concept, but everyone in it is so unlikable. I just can't get on board with it. 
Um, and I just want to slap Alice and just take her to rehab a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, no, didn't do it for me either. I don't think they play with that idea of whether or not um, Wonderland is real or, or in her head is a drug-inducing enough. Like, I think no. there's, a, there's a thing you can weave in there about is it in her head or is it, you know, is it genuinely real? And I think, I mean, we literally see her take drugs, pass out, and then turn up in Wonderland. Um, I must say, like, I think the art for those three pages are probably the best-looking bit of the book. In Wonderland, I think um, yeah. it's pretty nice art through that bit. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's, I don't know what its kind of direction is. I guess I don't know what it's sort of trying to say or what is it setting up a mystery? It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of in a in a similar state to what Will has just said, and in turn what Angela's just said. Um, I know this is drawing on Alice in Wonderland and um, through the looking glass and all that stuff. But I also feel like from the very start, like I'm missing something massive to explain. Yeah. yeah. What and why and how and. Yeah. A bit of an expectation. You know, some of these characters and. Yeah. Just. I, I didn't. I, I, I kind of see that there are characters who look similar to characters from wonderland and i kind of could see the tie there of you know the drugs making her hallucinate these people and she's turning them into animals and whatnot i i get all the kind of and that's before we kind of get the end where we have more people who legitimately are just dressed as wonderland characters but i, I yeah i feel like there's something in the telling that is missing and it kind of makes me think about um dan name Dan Panosian's other book, um, An Unkindness of Ravens, was quite good and kind of, I don't know, the craft meets mean girls, I think was the way it was described. (laughs) But every issue of that started with like a good couple of pages of like solid here's the background, here's here's what I'm talking about, here's the history of the world we're in. And here I'm kind of feeling like even though we've seen so many versions of Alice in Wonderland, do we still need a kind of info dump of, hey, this is what this is, just to add a little bit more context to this interpretation? Although I appreciate that it is a first issue, so maybe all that will come good later. On on a more Zach complaint, I'm pretty sure this is meant to be in England. Yes. Mm. And yet someone says sidewalk at some point, and yeah. at at that point I died a little bit inside. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit overdramatic, but it's no, true. No one in England has ever said sidewalk. No, no. we don't. We don't know what it means. No, we'll say all kinds yeah. of crap. We'll say pavement. We'll say tarmac. We'll say we'll say literally anything you want, but yeah. sidewalk ain't one of them. This is like Angela with the sash windows. It is, isn't it? I don't it's know if like... anyone read that review other than me and Angela, <laughs> but the creative team did, and they still like my tweets. So bless them. Um, but yeah, it, it it actually feels very 
aesthetically American as well. I don't know yeah. what it is. It doesn't feel well, like it's set in England. There is did so you much get it in the shot. Did the yeah. shot and like the the layout look American to you? Yeah, and the house, the house she's going back to is clearly the monster's house. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if I had my way, is what every house would look like. Yeah, but it's very much, but, actually, it's, you know, reminds me of Homesick Pilots in that it is that American stuff. We don't have houses like that in this country. This ar- this architecture's all wrong. I mean, you know, I'll take sash windows over that. It just doesn't. But, yeah, even, <laughs> even the fashion, the fashion just screams continent as opposed to, or even, yeah, America as opposed to, Old England and Europe. It's just, it's just, yeah. There's so much wrong here. Um, yeah. There we go. Ran over. It's yeah. It's all wrong. <laughs> to find a little bit of, um, a little bit of positive, I think those three pages in Wonderland are the best looking. But I actually think the art is pretty strong throughout. Like I've got no, no problems mm. with the art in general. Yeah. There are a few little nice touches. Like on a few pages, the cats are playing with a ball of string. Or like hanging yeah. off the edge of a panel, and there's a moment where she gets an idea, and instead of a light bulb going off, there's like a, a like a can a candle light in. Yeah, that that was quite a sort of amusing little nod. So there were a couple of like I don't know fun bits that when you when you see them, they were quite like, amusing. But yeah, I just found it to be a little bit directionless, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, have we said all? Have we used all the words? Up? I think we've used all yeah. of the words in the English language. Oh wait, yeah. um, hippopotamus. There was one more. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah. Um, mm. Four more tiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just looking what? around the room now. Yeah. <laughs> Were you as confused Man. as the rest of us, Matt? I I I was less confused and just. More bewildered. Just not that interested, unfortunately. Like, I feel like a lot of this is fairly well trodden ground. The the what if like um a fairy tale but fucked up um, is something that's been done a lot, and I like Pinocchio quite often. Um, like. And and I think that the art is generally pretty solid, if very American in the like in the in the designs and layouts like it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I it it, it just didn't do anything for me, unfortunately. Apologize, I've not got more to say. I think we've said it all. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I took that particular route with West of Sundown, so mm-hmm. hard to criticise you for it now. So, um, shall we move on to the rankings? The <laughs> ranking. Not, not happy with that phrasing, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm happy to go first since I skipped out on uh, going first for the uh, for, for actually the reading. Um, so in fourth place surprising no one given our last statements is uh, 
Alice Ever After. Like I say, it just, apart from the art being pretty great in spots, um, it didn't do much for me. Mm -hmm. Um, In third um, is uh, Guilt. I I get I really quite liked this. It's like chatty and funny um with some great clothes um and some like just charming feeling characters. Um and I am I get just more interested in like with my next pick more interested in where it's going mm. i i think um like i i think this this series is going to be really fun and i look forward to reading it in trade um second place is west of sundown um it's really really good to put it like simply um the it has uh an uncommon sort of relationship dynamic um between a uh between like a vampire and her servant um and like has just intriguing characters that i want to know more about and then there's that last page reveal where i'm like yeah buddy um and in first place is uh the wrong earth fame and fortune there's no good billionaire mic drop yeah um so yeah uh that's me all right um i'll jump in there because mine is not dissimilar um fourth place is alice ever after um just didn't really get it uh but third place for me is west of sundown again just can't be doing with vampires to be honest with you um second place is is guilt i quite like the, the sort of magic based time travel and some of the limitations that, that seems to put on that i think could lead to some fun storytelling the art was good the script was good guilt is good um but my top one is the same as you matt it's fame and fortune um it's politically bleak and <laughs> po-faced <laughs> and i loved every second of it yeah and also it's tires <laughs> i mean i i didn't hey, get a lot from that hey, i'll be honest hey, with you. everyone oh. did it's fine <laughs> zach had to put up with me talking about it earlier <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wasn't in that conversation either. So I no, don't. exactly. <laughs> That's why I feel it's only fair that I inflict it upon you as well, oh, so okay. that Zach doesn't feel targeted. No. I, I honestly thought I was part of that conversation earlier to spare everyone now, but like what do I know? No, your sacrifice was in vain. <laughs> like a lightning rod. Um, Angela, do you want to go, or do you want me to? I'll, I can go. It's fine. So sure, sure. The last one's Alice because all the reasons already mentioned, it's confusing and weird. And yeah, maybe it would have made more sense if I'd have taken drugs beforehand, but I didn't. So there we are. Um, it didn't help. And now, in a controversial move, 
in first place, I'm going oh, to the wrong no. place. No! Purely because I appreciate its message that all billionaires are bad, um, but I, I don't need it in my life right now. I, I'm not a misery lover. Um, I think oh, it's, you, it's, you are a misery lover, and we yeah, all know Yeah, but very it. specific misery. <laughs> this is not my brand of misery. Crying. Yeah, no, it's not we my brand of misery. Crying robots. Crying robots and, and cyborgs. Um, crying dinosaurs. Crying dinosaurs. <laughs> true. Um, yeah, so yeah, I appreciate it. I thought it was well put together. It was nicely drawn the paddling was really clever i thought it was good but the backup was for me more enjoyable because sax mummy um and i felt the tone the tone was also closer i felt to the wrong earth originally and then i get then then it's a bit close for me so second i'm gonna go west of sundown because i really enjoyed it and i like vampires um and it was a good vampire tale um so yeah and i think there's some potential there the characters are interesting um it's clearly it was it was a good introduction um to those characters and sort of that setup um and at number one i'm going with guilt even though i didn't sound terribly enthusiastic earlier (laughs) i like to do this to you um book to describe yeah it's really difficult to describe but i enjoyed it i liked the references i liked the characters i liked their interaction i think the time travel setup is really clever it's nice art it's Mm. good book there we go it good book so so finally then it's zayak i I didn't enjoy that um that's gonna be a thing (laughs) so uh survive like uh listen to his list if you can <laughs> survive, survive if, if I he like lets you. you yeah um i don't i'm sorry if anyone's unsure about taz's work you know google him it's taz with one z it, he, he, he's he, been affected by he's friends been affected by taz he's friends with a man in a mask called excalibur who isn't and and a man not in a mask <laughs> called Michael Cole. I thought you were going to oh, say yeah, he I starts. With, I work with Michael Cole. Good guy. Know him well. Anyway, my list. Um, fourth is, ov- it's obviously Alice Ever After. Um, you've all said all the things. I, <sighs> there's not much else to say. I think it could get interesting. I think this first issue just has a lot of chaos about it and it could all tie together at some point i just don't know if that point's going to be next issue or if it's going to be like a it'll make sense in trade yeah um three is the wrong earth fame and fortune you motherfucker <laughs> i don't say this as personally as matt seems to <laughs> no clearly um i think it's a good addition to the universe and yeah. i think it says something about both versions of Richard Fame that we perhaps haven't had said before. Uh, I also think the backup, the buddy system, is is gold. Sacks, mummy. Yeah, sacks, mummy for yeah. life. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying sacks, mummy for life. <laughs> I can't, what was it last it's time? The... Zombie Beatles for life. 
it's the why do we have a last time it's the kids love chains of 2022 <laughs> why do we keep making up this bullshit <laughs> um i think it's a good issue i um i'm gonna use the same complaint i have made for no one left to fight to or kill lock to more kill lock um return of the kill lock yeah or that other sequel we did last time i don't know um the whilst it's a good one shot i think it is quite dependent on having read the previous stuff um in two i'm gonna go guilt i think um it's good it's really good i'm going to read more of it i like the art and i like the idea of trying to do something different with time travel and kind of make it about magic and inhabiting your previous body like logan in the days of future past film or whatever yeah Um, i was thinking of x-men like uh days of future past stuff yeah i mean i think you have to i think it's a requirement yeah i've about it Sure, Matt. You've read the comic. La-dee-da. Shut up! I've seen the cover. <laughs> I've seen a parody of the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a hundred <laughs> parodies of the cover. Um, but I, I, I like the possibility. I think it's interesting to do a comic that's not got the traditional kind of protagonists and to have what? We're going to have the kind of older woman and the slightly less older woman and then the thirty something and a little girl. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not what you normally get, especially in time travel stories. Time travel stories seems to be drawn towards male protagonists like I don't know, ninety plus percent of the time. I'm looking forward to because I like um the sort of like Golden Gale character from Black Hammer. Yeah. The idea of an adult's brain in a child's body and how you sort of react to the world differently as people like patronize you. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's an interesting dynamic to have, and yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to d- do that in the 1970s with time travel. Sweet. Um, and then number one, I'm going to go west of sundown. Unlike Will, I am a vampire guy. Um, you got you got bitten by it, huh? 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 for that. Oh, I'll see you <laughs> on next gone? week. <laughs> um, anybody out there art, art good writing good colouring good um, cliffhanger last page reveal baffling but good um, I feel like we could get into a kind of universal horror kind of space that might also be what I'm hoping for more than what we're actually going to get but hey um so, so yeah, Vampire's good. Um, I think one thing that does detract from this, from West of Sundown a little bit, is that it has also come out the same month as Christian Ward's new vampire series, Bloodstained Teeth. Um, I preferred this to Bloodstained Teeth. Unpopular opinion, possibly. I think, no, I think, I think I do prefer this. I think this has got more of a broad concept. Poss- like yeah. Pre- like, 
the possibilities seem broader here, even though I liked Bloodstained Teeth. And I understand that the the thing here is that if you release your first issue in April, your trade's going to be out in time for Halloween. I, I understand how comics work. Make, makes sense. So all, all the horror series that are new have to kind of start this month or next. That makes sense to me. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of people will go Bloodstained Teeth and should probably also entertain this idea vampires good yeah choose the right vampires for you um don't be afraid to shop around your vampire options i don't know where i'm going with this i've kind of made this into a weird compare the market kind of (laughs) compare the vampires i don't know um that's that's me i'm out peace out done vampires for life vampires for life Sax Mummy for Life, Vampires for Life, Zombie Beetles for Life. So if you got Sax Mummy, we're talking like Trumpet Vampire, Drums Frankenstein. Uh, I was going to go Drum Werewolf, but I'll take oh, Drum Werewolf. Yeah, I, was, I was going to say, where's the werewolf in this? Frankenstein's tall. He's got there are lots basis. of instruments. That's right, though. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it works, right? Mm. Well, actually, the, uh, what you're talking about there was uh the doctor what you're thinking of is frankenstein's drummer (laughs) (laughs) all right well played yeah very good uh frankenstein humor yeah um the horror so i i think that's all we've got unless someone's got something to throw in um nothing more from me no all good for me yep well, in that case, um, this has been our April 2022 Indie Comics Roundup. Collectively, we have been Angela, Matt, Will and Zach, bigger than capes, and we will continue to be. And remember that comics are Sorry, bigger than, bigger than capes. capes. Oh, sex, <laughs> <laughs>